0: Hey, I'm Asher,
1: and I'm Jackson, and what
0: you're about to listen to is Strictly Confidential.
1: Hey, Asher, how's your week been?
0: My week's been good, Jackson. How's your week been?
1: Uh, It's been pretty dynamite. I had a killer sandwich yesterday, and I was wondering if you would tell me what makes your perfect sandwich.
0: Hmm. Well... I'm not really in the sandwich headspace right now. I just got done working over a bowl of Fruity Pebbles. Like, it was a threat to national security. And that's all the energy I'm running on right now, is Fruity Pebble energy. Um,
1: you sandwiches... You don't have any sandwich expertise?
0: I do have sandwich expertise. But for me, this is still... Like, sandwiches are lunchtime. This is still morning for me. Uh, it is... 2.52 p.m., but when you've been awake for less than an hour, that's morning.
1: That's that's how time works, yeah.
0: I have a joke that's written down for our podcast. Here it goes. Um, let me pull this up. My circadian rhythm is a lot more like freestyle jazz right now. Pause for the laughter and continue the podcast. I I have... Honestly, it's the drippy part of the sandwich that makes the sandwich. This is my my opinion. This is your
1: hot, hot sandwich take? No, I
0: I feel like this isn't a hot... I feel like everyone knows this, but they don't want to admit it. Everyone wants to talk about their favorite kind of bread, their favorite kind of meat, the best kind of cheese, but it's 100% whatever sauce you're slathering on there that makes that sandwich. Alright, yeah. Mayonnaise, if you're feeling boring, get some of that uh well any kind of dressing anything you can get away with really whatever you when you pick up the sandwich whatever drips out onto the plate that's what's making the sandwich
1: the risk is what makes it good i think so but here so here's my problem and i've been thinking about this a lot because sandwiches are what i think about most of the time um (laughs) when i'm making a sandwich i always have this one problem where i'll make the perfect sandwich i'll put it together, and look at it and be like, these right here are the perfect ingredients. I'm ready to put these two slices covered in the exact right things with the exact right kind of bread and the exact right substances. I'm ready to put them together. And there's some part of my brain, which I wish I could completely get rid of, that goes, add something spicy in there.
0: (laughs) It's a lot of pressure, man. Like, it's... It's self it's self-sabotage because you can't handle all the pressure.
1: And it's always like like all of these things balance each other out and are working well. Like like this is a this is a fried bologna, cheese, spicy pickle, uh mustard, a little bit of olive oil mayo, maybe some Thousand Island dressing drizzled in there. Yeah. On some sourdough bread, and it's just everything is balanced together. If I put sp- something spicy on there, it's just like hot sauce <laughs> and bologna. And that's the whole sandwich from there. Yeah, it takes over quick. And so I, I, I've been trying to dial it back. And yesterday for my lunch, I made two of those excellent sandwiches. And I was about to pull out the Tapatio hot sauce, but I put it back. Wow. I fought, I fought the urge. And then one. you heard the
0: inner voice. It was just like, Coward. So that was the sandwich. Yeah. Oh, you're still thinking it was, about it now, so it must have been worthwhile.
1: Oh, it was. It was insane. It was the perfect sandwich.
0: Hey, Jackson, what's that hot sauce doing in your house? If it makes everything worse.
1: It doesn't make everything worse though. Sometimes, it makes a sandwich spicy. <laughs> <laughs> and other times, it's really good for like eggs and stuff. Hmm. Uh, if you haven't tried putting eggs on, uh, or nope, nope, not putting eggs on hot sauce. If you ever tried putting hot sauce on eggs. Right out. So, you ready to dive into our theory today? I already
0: have my scuba gear ready.
1: Okay, sweet. Well, take a big breath of that air, because it's a good one. So, uh, tomorrow uh, tomorrow is the finale of the 2018 World Cup, right? Yes. Asher, how much do you know about soccer? Well, when you said tomorrow's
0: the finale... I just assumed that uh, you were not lying to me because I had no way to prove it one way or the other.
1: So today's theory is soccer related. Um, By the time you guys will have heard this, I realize the World Cup finale would have been yesterday. But uh, wow, that gives them exactly when we recorded this. But so if you have any questions, Asher, about anything soccer related, no matter how minuscule or how small synonyms, I guess it is, let me know. Okay. Okay so i wanted i wanted to do this theory because i feel hey, like Jackson, we've done a lot of Why do they
0: yeah? what do they use their feet when they could use their hands
1: well uh, you see back when they uh, started this it was uh see i don't have a good joke there well it's because there's no good answer uh if anyone wants to email us and tell us the answer to this question our email is Show at gmail.com i
0: just blew the whole lid off this dumb sport
1: Well, if it means anything, everything is points-based, and sports is all a challenge anyways, so I guess the focus is just, why do this with our hands when it's harder with our feet? Okay.
0: Well, if they're trying to make it a challenge, why not just play with your knees? And everyone's crawling around. Well, I guess then it's going to be an even longer game to watch, but...
1: Plus, I think part of it is there's got to be a perfect balance to, I don't know, challenge of making it where it's fun, but not unbelievably hard. Yeah. But not insanely easy. Like if it was like a, a goal that was like three feet away from the other goal and the, the goal was still the same size and you just had to try and kick it in, easy. But if the goal was like two and a half miles down and you had to use your knees, that's not like, there, it has to be fun.
0: I feel like we're writing a Geico commercial right now unintentionally.
1: I feel like we're writing a Geico commercial and we're in the very early stages of it.
0: I feel like in the game, uh, the great game football, <clears throat> this is known as a delay of game. So let's get back to what we're talking about.
1: Okay, 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 okay. So the reason I wanted to do this theory, uh, partially because yesterday was the World Cup finale where Croatia won. But um, the other part is because I uh, I love the theories that we've done a lot of where it's a ton of people fully arguing for the point. Like, I truly believe that the earth is hollow or i truly believe that walt disney is cryogenically frozen what's really nice about this one is nobody is like i truly believe this a bunch of people are like but what if it is (laughs) Hmm. and so it's really fun and i've teased you enough i'll tell you what the theory is picture this in 2005 the tottenham european team was posed to finally make it to the champions league something they hadn't qualified for in a very long time. The night before the game that would qualify them for the Champions League, they got food poisoning. Oof. And the theory is that the other team poisoned them to where they wouldn't be able to make it to the Champions League. All right, just because you give someone a Chipotle gift
0: card doesn't mean that you've directly poisoned them.
1: Okay, okay, okay. So let's dive in. Um, To start off, I wanted to give you a little bit of backstory about the Champions League because I know you don't know very much about the soccer sport. Yeah, but it sounds like a big,
0: important, we're good at this game. This is like an upper echelon of the sport, right? This is something you aspire to.
1: Yeah, and if there's anything I don't know, I always just read the first paragraph of it on Wikipedia. Yep. Um, And so that's what we're going to do today, the Champions League. The UEFA Champions League is an annual continental club football competition organized by the Union of European Football Associations and contested by top division European clubs. It is one of the most prestigious tournaments in the world and the most prestigious club competition in European football, played by the National League champions, and for some nations, one or more runners-up, of the strongest UEFA national associations. The final is the most watched annual sporting event worldwide. Wow. The final of the 2012-2013 tournament had the highest TV ratings to date, drawing 360 million TV viewers. Wow.
0: Okay. So this is a big deal.
1: Yeah. So it's not just like, oh man, our team didn't win Uh It's it's intense. So uh, to start off, I'm going to take something from the, the Telegraph uh, and... Very quickly in this, you're going to find out why I picked this theory over any other soccer theory. Uh, The team had been doing well. Remember, we're talking about Tottenham. They had been doing extremely well in the rest of the qualifications for the Champions League and had been slated to beat Arsenal, one of the best teams in the league, for the first time in 11 years. To qualify, they didn't even need to beat Arsenal. They just needed a tie with them. The two teams the night before were set up across the street from each other. Arsenal was in a Four Seasons and Tottenham was in a Marriott. Um, (laughs) Okay. Crucial info. uh, Yeah. A sprawling buffet was laid out by the Marriott, who advertised that they would satisfy the most discerning palates with a fresh approach in a private room. The majority of the team chose lasagna. Naturally. Um. Late that night, a good majority of the team got dreadfully ill. The ones who chose <laughs> Dreadfully
0: ill. This is how I know that you didn't write this content.
1: I actually did write that one. You did? Yeah. How very cheeky. How droll. Yeah. And the team chairman called asking. Uh, I, I could have said a good majority of the lads on the team.
0: Ah, okay. All right. We can edit that.
1: Yeah. The team chairman asked about the a penalty for a postponement saying that he wanted to, like, push it back 24 hours so that they could have some time, but he was told that they would lose points in the ranking, and they were so close that if they uh, lost points that even if they won the game, they wouldn't make it to the Champions League. Woof. Um, Arsenal ends up winning 2-1, to one, and while Tottenham tried to press charges against the hotel, nothing came of it.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, like, what can you do... Send Marriott to jail. I don't know what, what's pressing charges going to do for your football team.
1: You know that businesses... You can press charges against a business and it doesn't send that business to jail, I right? know! <laughs> That's what
0: I'm saying! So what's the point?
1: It's for monies.
0: I, I, yeah, I guess, I guess just the financial compensation, huh?
1: Yeah. The next article is called Sky Sports, and I only picked this one because they have some actual quotes. Um... The center midfielder said, lasagna and spaghetti were on the menu. We ate, and then in the middle of the night, we started dropping like flies. Oh, my God. It was was mayhem. (laughs) And then this is a quote from the article that says, a sample of lasagna was taken and an investigation was launched. But 10 days later, the Health Protection Agency cleared the London Marriott Hotel of Blame. Rather than food poisoning, the investigation found that norovirus, a form of viral gastroenteritis, had been the root of the outbreak.
0: Ugh. So would it be—how easy is it to actually do this? If there's foul play, how do you make this happen? Like, I'm, I mean, obviously the first thing you imagine when you hear someone's been poisoned, you got a guy with a cloak and dagger sneaking in, and he's got a green vial, uh, and you're hoping yeah. it's not extractive llama, and you just, like, put a few drops in, and it's like— and the cloud yeah, it's smoke. L.A. Enchanted. Yeah, yeah, the cloud of smoke is the shape of a skull. Uh, but really, I mean, if you're talking about getting food poisoning from hotel buffet lasagna, I mean, if you just have to steal the employees must wash their hands before leaving the bathroom sign and then kind of just let nature take care of the rest, right?
1: Yeah, a little bit. I think it also could just be like the lasagna takes multiple steps to make, right? Yeah. I mean, it, you have to make the sauce, you have to make the contents on the inside. It's the most difficult the food to create. I, I, I don't know if that's the case, <laughs> but it is It is one of the more difficult pastas. Okay. Um, but you have to make the sauce, you have to make the uh, like bread shell, you have to make the contents of the lasagna. So I think it could be as simple as put something that humans are not supposed to eat in the sauce. Sure we slipped a little bit of uh, laxatives in there or yeah. something
0: it's it seems like a crazy thing to jump to foul play but yeah when, when you look at it from the conspiracy angle and you're trying to see it from the 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 angle that it was intentional this is not a difficult thing to pull off i feel like like and just making you have to make someone sick for it makes someone barfy for a day And you win this extremely important game. And it's not difficult to get into a Marriott.
1: Yeah. See, the gravity of it is what makes it so believable. Right. Is that like Arsenal had to win. They had to win the game to make it to the Champions League. But all Tottenham had to do was tie. So if the game was tied, then Arsenal wouldn't make it and Tottenham would.
0: Yeah. So there's more pressure so, on Arsenal, which is definitely the name of a villain team, by the way. Like, you know that's the, the, the coach is practically a melodrama villain and their team colors are just black and then black.
1: Well, the coach definitely is bald.
0: Yeah, which is right? a sure sign of villainy.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know if he's bald, but definitely is. Yeah. The reason I brought this Sky Sports article, other than the fact that the center midfielder said that it was mayhem was because the article was titled Lasagna Gate, which has to be the best conspiracy theory name.
0: Mayhem is such a colorful... Last time I got food poisoning, I wasn't like, it's crazy out here! It was just morally just like lying down and moaning.
1: So in a in an article from The Guardian, the Arsenal manager gives a very, very lackluster apology. He says three sentences. He says... What happened to Tottenham, I don't know. I feel sorry for that. It is cruel for Tottenham, but sports is like that. Hmm. Hmm.
0: That's a very, like, mafia, like, there you know, that's, uh, sports is like that.
1: Sports is like that, you know.
0: I hate that that's how the cookie crumbles, but sometimes the coke floats in that direction, and it's just how the stars align, and we didn't do anything to do it.
1: Do you have any more things you can say in that impression? <laughs> that's
0: that's literally all of them. What is he, This is suspicious, though, because I do know... What?
1: Is that just a bunch of quotes from Zootopia?
0: I, maybe. He says, what happened to Tottenham, I don't know, but it seems like we do know they all got food poisoning. I it, It's weirdly like uh, he's playing ignorance more than he has to, is what I'm saying.
1: He's intentionally like if if we're assuming that he and the team was involved in the lasagna poop scandal and he knows about this, he is doing exactly what I would do as a criminal and say, yep, no idea what happened. Talk to the next guy. Like as brief as possible, like these are these are three sentences that don't really mean anything.
0: Yeah. Yeah how much of a crime is this? if he's done this if this is a plot how much of a crime is this really because what makes it so terrible like this is a f- this is a cruel frat prank outside of yeah. the context <laughs> of a, ma- a major sports ag- event you know what i mean it's it's yeah. it's the re- it's the consequence of these people mm. getting barfy for 12 hours that makes it such a terrible thing you know what i mean but what's
1: great about it is there's no real like you can't like prosecute about this or anything like it's not it's just a prank technically (laughs) like it is it is a scandal yes but it's not like what like if you took it before a court they would be like i mean it was just it's a little mean yeah But I love the idea that they're like, we're going to intentionally sabotage their food.
0: Yeah. But I mean, is that that intestinal assault? Is there something that you can even be tried for? I guess so. Like, it's bodily harm, but it's not going to, you're not going to kill anyone.
1: Yeah, I think if one of them, I guess it depends on what the poison is. Sure. If it was something serious that could be actually life-threatening, then it, could pro- it would probably be, like, an attempted murder. Right. Like, it could be qualified under that, or um, assault, I guess.
0: But when uh, uh, Hogarth Hughes, a la the Iron Giant, puts laxatives into Mansley's ice cream, he's not the villain now. Like, he's definitely poisoned this man, but he's not a criminal, it's a funny, It's a funny. ah, laugh at the guy who's got to run to the woods to poop kind of part of the movie. Like, it's a lighthearted part of the movie. Yeah. I just wanted to talk about Iron Giant for a minute. You know when he falls out of the sky and he's holding Hogart. Like, he's dead, right? Like, it's crazy that he's survived that part.
1: It seems like you have a lot of emotions about this movie. And I, I want you to know that I have seen it. But I do think it's been... At least 15 years. I mean,
0: the Iron Giant did prevent an atomic bomb from hitting the town, but he hits the ground with the force of an atomic bomb. And the kid's just fine.
1: Great movie, though. That movie came out 19 years ago. <coughs> Jackson, I'm tired. Old Grandpa Asher. <laughs> <coughs> Where's
0: my energy lasagna? Who eats lasagna before a sports event? If I have a Dr. Pepper before lifting weights for 30 minutes, I perish.
1: Well, I think one thing to remember is this was 13 years ago. So back then they thought a bunch of stuff that we know is terrible for you wasn't. Oh, okay. They thought a bunch of stuff wasn't terrible for you. So they were like, bread, let me get as much of that as possible. I've got to run tomorrow. A lot. For the stakes of a big game.
0: Yeah, that's just condensed energy. Just like how in the 50s, cigarettes were good for you. Yeah. Doctors recommend.
1: So the the last article I have is the first one I found. And it's the reason I picked this theory over others. It's titled Seven of the Craziest Conspiracy Theories in World Soccer. Cool. uh, From Sports Illustrated. And honestly, most of the theories they have are not nearly that crazy. Mm. But the reason I picked this one is for the last two words in the description. Okay. Said, uh, I'll give you a couple sentences. Tottenham were on course to qualify for the Champions League for the first time, as well as finish above local rival's arsenal for the first time in more than a decade. All they needed to do was match whatever the Gunners did on the final days of the season. Staying in a hotel in Canary Wharf, a number of key players became violently ill after eating what was identified As dodgy lasagna. (laughs) I read the words dodgy lasagna and was like, well, (laughs) that's all we're talking about now.
0: Police have identified the suspicious looking lasagna.
1: Can we break apart everything about this theory and take it all back for a sec and just think about the logistical element of the Arsenal team deciding, okay, what are these boys most likely to eat?
0: Yeah. We only got enough poison to to ruin one of these Italian dishes.
1: Well, it's not even an Italian buffet. They're actually, their main focus is seafood.
0: Hmm. Oh, that's going to take care of it for you.
1: Yeah, I guess if you're like, okay, we've got three categories. We've got seafood, we've got lasagna, and we've got salad bar. There's nothing you can do to a salad that makes it unhealthy. Just pay attention to the fact of how much ranch I put on there. (laughs) Seafood seafood's going to destroy their bowels anyway, so they're probably going to avoid that, especially in 2005. Yeah, exactly. The lasagna's what we're targeting. The great lasagna heist. Imagine that being part of your family's story.
0: Like, that's your calling card as an assassin.
1: If you're telling family stories around a campfire or something, and you're like, Hey, Jermaine, remember that time we poisoned the Tottenham team? In their lasagna?
0: Well, a lot of the reason that this was a tragedy for uh, Tottenham was that they were very unaccommodating. They wouldn't al- wouldn't allow for a delay of game. Not, I mean, they would they wouldn't move it back a day. They wouldn't even move it back a few hours, huh?
1: Right. So they tried to postpone it. So the game happened at three p.m. They tried to postpone it to seven p.m. But the police were worried that controlling the city in an evening game like that would be really hard. Um, because in wow. Europe they care about the sport. Uh, and I do too, but in Europe, they care about it a lot more than I do, for example. But the team, so they weren't allowed to do it at 7 p.m. They had to do it at 3 p.m. The team kind of determined that the four-hour difference wouldn't be enough to fully recover from the poops anyways, but it's still.
0: I mean, you can you can down a lot of Pepto in that amount of time. So did they not play the game? Did we talk about that? Did they just Did they just win by forfeit, or did they play and they send out the few players who weren't sick?
1: No, they played and sent out most of the players. Ooh. The players were just really struggling and like throwing up in the locker room beforehand.
0: Oh, man. Ugh. And they,
1: the game was actually one-to-one for most of the game. But Arsenal scored wow. at the end. Wow. Which stinks. What
0: a testament to Tottenham that that you got... Ugh, I don't want to... Actually, I don't want to get too much details. You can use your imagination. They're struggling. They're trying to keep things that are on the inside on the inside...
1: Yeah, well, I the other day a little bit of a little bit of kind of a gross story, but the other day I was at uh um what is it called? Oh yeah, I was at Dave and Buster's.
0: Okay, if this if this story transitions cleanly into a Dave and Buster's, I don't know if I want to hear it.
1: Um, and I really had to go to the bathroom, but I was walking um to the bus stop, and I was like, "This is an emergency." Walking like that is a nightmare. <laughs> I can't imagine what trying to play a sport and almost succeeding like that would be like.
0: Man, just A to B when fluids want to evacuate is a nightmare. Trying to win a televised sporting event is something else.
1: A televised sporting event that is the, like, probably highlight of you guys' career, especially considering that they hadn't made it to the Champions League in over a decade.
0: So has this happened since? This was back in 2005, right? This has been a while. It was so effective that I feel like something similar might have happened since then if it it was truly foul play. What do you mean? Have any other sports teams been had to basically lose by forfeit or been essentially poisoned before a big game?
1: I'm sure that there have been some. I was looking at just general sports uh, theories as well, and there are a decent amount of small things, none that have this kind of popularity, but there are certain ones...
0: Because this is a significant game. I mean, this was this was high stakes.
1: Yeah, there was, I think, 1988, uh, 1995 rugby. The uh, New Zealand team was supposedly poisoned uh, by the South Africa team. Hmm.
0: Well, ultimately, this story just creates jobs, because now, every sports team, you have the sports manager, for the people who want to be on the team, but they can't actually play, you can be the manager, you can be the water boy, and you can be the, uh, the, the taste tester. You can be the food tester.
1: I think it's way better if, since we're already in this European vibe, we just call it the cupbearer.
0: Exactly. And that sounds way cooler than towel boy.
1: Which is great, because then when if your team makes it to the World Cup, you can be the World Cup bearer.
0: Oh, that's good. You get to wear the jersey, you get to be on the bus, occasionally eat a nasty lasagna, and it makes you sick for 12 hours. But, like, that's worth it.
1: That is a good job description.
0: That's fantastic.
1: That's going to look good on LinkedIn and your resume. For like, for, like, four and a half years, I was the European team cup bearer. Okay, so do you believe that there's a chance that they possibly poisoned them?
0: I'm just shocked at how I, I didn't think about it seems like this would be something really easy to get away with. That doesn't necessarily mean, that's not proof by any means. That's not evidence by any means. But from when you have something that's this high stakes and it's really such a simple way to sabotage, it's the simplest, easiest sabotage that I would be surprised if it hadn't been attempted by teams in the past. I can't prove that this is one of those times, but I definitely do believe now that this has been, this has definitely been attempted by teams in the past.
1: Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. All right. Do we want to, it looks like uh, here on my desk, I have a a one-way ticket here.
0: Yeah. I'm getting tired of the big city. The traffic is killing me. The smog.
1: Do do we want to do some crossword puzzles on the way uh, on our bus to the uh, Debunk Town?
0: Yeah, let's go ahead and get a little bit of that country living. Let's go on down to Debunk Town.
1: Hit the music! Alright. Mm. That's
0: copyrighted, I think. What was that? Oh, wait, yeah. that's the Star Wars music!
1: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you were snapping loud enough, they won't know. Welcome to Debunk
0: Town. Debunk Town. Here we do things we live life a little bit more simply. We got conspiracy theories. We don't got time to waste. We got crops to sow. I don't know anything about country living. Debunk Town is a new segment where we just blast through a funny theory that we go ahead and just uh, get it knocked out as quickly as possible.
1: I bet Debunk Town has a dog as a mayor. Yeah. It's one of those small towns... They've got a couple cryptids, a couple things like that going on. I'm excited to be here. Me too.
0: The There's lots of graffiti on the water tower, but once they get cleaned that cleaned up, it's going to be a really nice spot.
1: Although, I'm fine with the water tower not reading in big letters to bunk town.
0: <laughs> so, this was a theory that I wanted to do an episode on. The Beatles never existed. And that's, I know that it's become on brand for me to do the blank doesn't exist or never existed (laughs) but this one just that that's another one where the title is the draw the beatles never existed the beatles are a franchise essentially they were a brand over the course of the 60s which by the way the beatles from 19 was it 1962 uh i had it pulled up earlier the discography from 62 to 70 they released 12 studio albums that's only eight years just, this is just an aside, but if one of my favorite bands releases an album every five years, I'm, I'm worried for their health. Slow down. Like, you're going to kill yourself. Don't overwork yourself. Twelve albums yeah. in eight years, that's crazy. Um, but even that amount of time, even over the eight years, there's no way it was the same four guys the whole time. And a lot of the evidence for this for a period of time, this was really big in 2011, the evidence that the Beatles didn't exist, really what, what they were trying to say was that the Beatles were constantly changing members. And then essentially it was a brand or a franchise, and it wasn't just four guys. It was all ghost writers. It was all actors. It was basically, like I said, it was a business. It was a franchise. The stake in the heart that proved that, they were, that it was fake was that they looked differently dramatically differently over the eight years that they were uh releasing studio albums in England so I mean obviously their hairstyles changed their attitudes changed uh Lennon got the glasses but I mean that's just stylistic choices as they evolved their sounds they evolved as people one of the main things that they pointed to to prove that the Beatles never existed and/or they were actors that were constantly cycling out, depending on where they were playing, was that their heights changed constantly, and you could see in different photographs not just rel- not just relative to you know common objects, you could get an estimate for how tall they were, but relative to each other. Like one day McCartney would be taller than Lennon, one day Lennon would be taller than McCartney. It it would just it would cycle out like. The 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 size of these guys would change constantly. Uh,
1: the size of these lads. The
0: size of these lads. I'm looking at uh, the dot com, which unfortunately now is just a light lavender page with two paragraphs. Due to the fact that we've done as much research as possible, and there are more other uh, there are other more current and pressing worldwide issues confronting humanity, it's time to move on. Thank you for your interest in our work. And we hope it's been a helpful contribution to learning and understanding why the world is in its current condition and one of the major ways in which it got this way. So if you go to thebeetlesneverexisted.com now, it's basically just an obituary for the website. There's no information. There is, however, a tiny <laughs> 120 pixel by 120 pixel of the image, the thing that killed this theory. Um, boots exist! That was what they. This is how they realized that they had f- up was that they were just wearing boots. That's how they changed heights. And once they realized that, they're like, "Oh yeah, never mind."
1: That's incredible.
0: That's literally the stake in the the stake in the heart of this theory is that boots exist, and they forgot that.
1: That's the, that's what changed their heights.
0: That's what changed their heights. They, they, they would someone just pointed out, um, uh, John Lennon's wearing boots in that picture. And they're like, oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, never mind. Shut it down.
1: See, if we formed a band, that would never be a problem because I always wear the exact same pair of sandals every day.
0: Yep. And that's also mm. why we would never form a band because they would never let you on stage in those sandals. <laughs> it's not exactly frontman material.
1: Well, I'm not planning on be the, being the frontman. I'd love to play some keyboard. Yeah. I could even do the I can do the lead singer of rush thing where you play guitar with your hands and then play keyboard with your toes.
0: Exactly. And you would have to be the back I would have to be the front man anyway, because I could never see over you if I was in the back.
1: You know that I just it's important to me that you know that when fans perform it's not usually one straight line, <laughs> right? I'm just trying to say that you're very tall.
0: That's all. But you're correct. <laughs> The Beatles traveled in single file to hide their numbers. All right, that's that's enough time in debunk town. We need electricity. Let's go back to the city.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, thanks for joining me here, Asher, in uh, the city.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Here we are at the bus stop in the big city.
1: Uh, Back from debunk town after we've finished our crosswords. We are
0: very good at improv. I'm forming an imaginary box right now. Oh, let me out.
1: All right. Well, uh, that's all for today. Uh, Thanks for listening. If you uh, liked what you heard, uh, subscribe and tell your friends. Tell your best friend, in fact.
0: If you liked what you heard at the very beginning, which was our theme song, that was uh, Threadbare off the album Burden of Truth by Glenmore. You can go Mm -hmm. to glenmorelmusic.com. Nope.
1: Nope. Uh, Burden of Proof.
0: Oh, you're right. The Burden of Proof. I've been saying this every single week, and I messed it up. But you're going to have to go to the website to uh, prove me wrong.
1: Or uh, search that on Spotify or iTunes and stuff. I wonder, let me, uh, let's do a quick experiment. Okay. Let's see uh, what happens if I search Burden of Truth on Spotify. Wow. It is a song from the album Final Fantasy Solo Piano Volume 2. Nice.
0: So either right, way, well, you're going to find something you like.
1: Yeah. Uh, and We may be in contact with the Final Fantasy people to see if we can get that on an episode. But for now, uh, a much better song, probably, we haven't listened to Burden of Truth, uh, is Threadbare off the album Burden of Proof. Thank you. Yeah. And then uh, if you want to follow us on social media, we're trying to post pretty frequently. Uh, our Instagram is strictly confidential. Show. And our Twitter. Why don't you tell them our Twitter? Twitter
0: is S Confident Show. I'm in charge of the Twitter. Haven't posted anything as of yet, but I do intend to, so please follow us there.
1: The problem with that is that I was supposed to get him photos about...
0: Uh, A a cool 30 days ago, maybe.
1: Yeah, a month or two ago. Um, And I will get him those. But yeah, so follow us there. If you want to send us a theory or want to tell us about some stuff or want to come on our show or have a funny meme, email us at strictlyconfidentialshow at gmail.com.
0: All right. I think that wraps it up.
1: Yeah. Um, and as always, stay curious. Stay curious. Hey, uh, Jeremy. Yeah. Can you, uh, can you put the Darth Vader filter on that one?